and uh, we're like we're like running right now. We're like running right now. All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, uh, I I suppose we should welcome everyone to another episode of the Curious Camper Podcast. Yay! Now, if I keep to do things in a deep voice like that, I think uh, does that work? Does yeah. That work? Yeah. Good. You're, you're the lead button pusher. So I'm the button ask. pusher. I don't. Uh, so in the room. We have uh, we have Jeremy Kettleson. Um, Jeremy, uh, oh, big applause for oh, Jeremy! Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch what? out for the button pusher. Jeremy. <laughs> and I still have not came up with my spirit animal. You said it's the raccoon. Oh, it's I was actually going to ask you this time. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard telling. Hard telling. <laughs> but uh, so so Jeremy, uh, we've got our lead button pusher, Justin. Hello. Uh, I don't know my spirit animal. What's an animal that naps a lot? Uh, the sloth? I'm a sloth. That is my. That kind of hurts. That's my spirit animal. <laughs> is I'm that why you drool so much? That could explain it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a little bit slower than everyone else. Exactly. So, okay. so uh, uh, and and our, our special guest this week uh, on the, the podcast is uh, Gary Kettleson. Yay. Uh, Good afternoon. And so uh, we brought Gary in um, to, uh, uh, to enlighten us on... The uh, the history of I don't know would you say the history of camping? I don't know, either that or just his history of camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not that old. Oh yeah, but yeah, I did yeah. want to comment on your guitar playing before we get started. Yes. Okay. You know that's a nice guitar. Okay. Is that's the one you found at a garage sale, right? Uh, the one that I play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That one's actually uh, like my golf clubs out of the trash. Actually. I see that. <laughs> you know, there is room for one more string on that. It w- it would make it sound better. Oh, really? Where's that? Where's the room at? We're right where where it's missing the string. You could put another one there, and you'd get more notes. Oh, okay. Well, we'll be. Sh- I'll, I'll have to be sure to add that for the for the next one. We just got to find the next sound bite that. Uh, what do you call it? The, 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 that uh, has no in- infringement rights on it. Uh, 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 what do they call string. that? Well, we just joked about it earlier today. Yeah. Uh, royalty free. Yeah. Royalty yeah. free. We'll, 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 we'll have to find a six-string guitar with that's royalty free. There you go. Um, so Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, last few weeks we've been talking about, all right, you want to get out, you want to camp. You know, here's what you start. Here's what you think. Gary, you, you're somebody who th- this has been your life as a kid. And now this is your livelihood as an adult. I right. mean, there's got to be all kinds of stories of places you've been and stories that you can tell, and probably some we can't tell on a broadcast platform, there's too. There's quite a few of those. But it does go back. I can go way back to when I was a child. Mm-hmm. My folks loved camping, and that's how they got into the business, just like the dreamer that we have, the dreamer camper in the showroom here. Um, anytime they had free time, we loaded up. And my folks loved to go west, the Black Hills especially. That was their favorite destination, so we went there quite a bit. So a lot of stories about the Black Hills and a lot of stories about even just around here in Iowa, but it's fun. We've always had a great time. So can you remember, if you, like, dig... I know it's not that far, but if you dig a little bit back to... Uh, <laughs> oh, he dug himself out of the hole before uh, he even dug it. I yeah, like great. That was a good save. Great save. Uh, was. Thanks, Could Justin. you dig way to the back of all that knowledge file, uh, I'll call it that knowledge file, of, uh, of where you're, you know, can you remember your first camp out, your very first one? You know, I can remember, and I'm going to go way back, I was probably four or five years old mm-hmm. and dad was just starting to sell pickup campers and we'd gotten a new actually it was oh 
it was a new Pickwick pickup camper. They were actually built here in Cedar Rapids. And we loaded it on this Ford half-ton pickup. And I can remember our first trip, we, we did go to the Black Hills. And, of course, there was quite a few of us kids. Each kid got a shoebox, and whatever we could put in that shoebox was what we got to take along with us. Mm-hmm. So I can remember a little bit of clothes, a couple little toys, put it in the camper, and off we went. A few Culver's burgers. They didn't have Culver's. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a lunch meat sandwich at best. But I do remember that trip shoebox. very well. It, you know, I tell a lot of people, what do you remember from your childhood? It's not sitting on the couch watching TV. It's those memories mm-hmm. that you made going on those vacations or just camping. But I remember it very well. We went to the the Black Hills. Dad would always take off driving, and we'd usually spend the first night around Murdo, South Dakota, next to that Pioneer Auto Museum. And then from there we'd go, we'd stay at uh, Lake Sheridan. We'd stay right on the lake, and he'd pull his little fishing boat behind us. So we'd have the boat out there, and we'd go fishing, and which it scared all of us kids because Dad didn't know how to swim. None of us did either, and we're in this little old fishing boat out there trying to fish, but we got through it. We had a great time. <laughs> everybody, had to swim. Everybody, everybody came back well, home. Uh, yeah, there were, there were a, a lot more kids in Gary's family, but... Uh, uh, there, were tw- <laughs> there were 20 at one time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good memories, though. Yeah. Tim, you, you brought up Pioneer Auto, and uh, if you come to the store... Uh, in Hiawatha, you'll see there's a walled drug sign and, and Pioneer Otter, or Auto, I should say, or Otter if you're from Southern Iowa, from Pioneer Otter. Um, or, or from Toddville. Or from Toddville. <laughs> what is it about these places, Gary, that they're, they're worth the drive to? And, and I ask this in full disclosure because in coming episodes, we're going to try to get together with these folks too. But right. you've been there from the visiting it side. What right. is it about these places? You know, it's, it's rustic, it's history. The Pioneer Auto, he's got cars from all generations and super nice guy. And you can go in there and see every vintage of car that you've ever want to see. And it's just, it's neat going back in history and just remembering how things were. The other stop that we love to make in more recent years, Jeremy remember this too, is the 1880 town. It's an old west town that they put together out in the middle of South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Remember we stayed there that one time in the campground Down next the to way, it? Down the way, and they've got like a little... Uh, like a little lake that you yeah. camp around. Hmm. That's where the guy came over and we were all camped there. He thought we were newbies at this camping thing and wondered if he could help us. Remember that? That's happened several times. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why the he thought s- that. The great sewage spill of Florida. Oh, <laughs> we're talking about South Dakota right now. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like we'll be visiting Florida later in the episode, though. <laughs> So it's a whole town, 1880s. I mean, yeah. obviously you got the gold, you got the blacksmith. You got is there, was like a shootout on the hour every hour. Or? Yeah, they do. They've got the guys that come out in their sheriff's outfit, and they've got a wagon ride you can get on and take. But it's neat just seeing the old hotels, the blacksmith shop, seeing how it used to be, and it's a great stop if you're heading that way. It's a good stop to take the family to, mm-hmm. just like Wall Drug. Well, drugs are a great stop, too. A lot of people think, oh, that's a tourist trap. Well, you can stop there. You don't have to spend any money, and there's so much to see. It's a great stop. And free ice water. Free ice water water and campgrounds (laughs) everywhere. You can always find a campground, lots of campgrounds. All right. Do do you remember back, so differences between camping, you know, the way 
planning a camp out when you were first starting camping mm-hmm. and planning a camp out now, how did you, because uh, right now, you know, we talked about, we talked to Dan yesterday, he makes all of his reservations, you know, uh, how many days ahead of time. Technology has changed it, it, it so greatly. Quite a bit. When you started versus where it is today. Right. right. So it has, it has when, changed. When you started 10 years ago, what did, were, <laughs> <laughs> what were, what what were some you know what were some of the the hoops you had to jump some of the things you had to get through and maybe some of the excitement behind that when i was a kid the excitement was we loaded up and took off we didn't know where we were going to stop mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. we'd go find you know a campground but back in those days the pickup campers we didn't need electricity we didn't need water because they didn't have any air conditioning they didn't have any microwaves mm-hmm. uh, we had a little water tank in them with a little hand pumper on it so we just went, we found a place where we could park and usually be on the side of a lake or in a real nice wooded area. Mm-hmm. And today, I know when we go now, we'll try and make our reservations ahead too so we know that we're going to have our hookups when we get there and know where we're going to end up staying. Right. So there's been a lot of changes, and it's the amenities. It is nice when you get out there knowing that, hey, we're going to have air conditioning and we're going to have our own shower, and uh, it's just like being at home, only we're away from home. I want to I want to talk about the uh, the great sewage spill in Florida. I want to get to that. I want to ask you though, you know, here's something where we sit, it's been going since like the early 60s. Camping's gone on way before that, but you see all these like new boutique hotels now and Airbnb, but camping is still something that people, you know, religiously do every year. What is it that keeps it on the top of mind? Because you can take your family and they're all with you. You've got your family with you. And when you go camping, you're all staying in your camper. You're sleeping in your bed. You've got your food, your refrigerator. You, take, you can take everything with you if you want. But it's being together. I've had a lot of people say, gee, we went on a vacation. We stayed in hotels. We had no clue who was staying next door to us. But yet when we go to the campgrounds, the people next to us in the campground, they're almost like family. We're all there with the same reason. We're all there to have a good family fun time, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's the experience. It's the memory of, of the family going on that road trip vacation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be going out of state. You can make those same memories just down the road. It's about getting away. I know the new campers all have their videos, their TVs, all the electronics, but it's nice leaving home and just leaving that stuff turned off sit by the campfire and make memories. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, so Johnny used to used to play a little country music every now and then. Yeah, um, played the guitar like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he most certainly did. But when he played, when that was going on, what was the dynamic in the family like in terms of, of camping and and, uh, and 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 traveling because he traveled. I mean, where, where where were some of the places he traveled to with the band? Yeah. Well, his band they mainly traveled the Midwest, mm-hmm. but they would try and play at ballrooms and dance halls where they they had to get back home that night because they played live on uh, WMT radio at noon every day. So wherever they were the night before, they had to get back home and be home by noon, and then they would leave again. So in the early days of our business he was busy with the band but the campers came in and my mom and then us the rest of my siblings we would work with the campers and help sell them and so forth so the dynamics of our traveling would be when he would have like three or four days off 
we'd load up and we'd go. I mean, there was there was no sitting still. In fact, when he, he passed away a few years ago and when he was in the care center and one day I asked him, I said, Dad, what would you have done different with your life? And he sat there and he, he thought about it quite a bit and he said, you know, he said, I would have traveled a lot more. And I thought, boy, that's good for people to know. I mean, mm -hmm. we all make excuses why we don't go places and it's like, why do we do that? Why don't we just load up and go? And that's somebody who did a lot of traveling. He did. He did a lot of traveling. He did, but he would. He wished he would have done more, because that's the memories that you keep. How do you go? And how did your dad? How did Johnny Kettleson go from playing in a band every day? Back then, it was downtown Cedar Rapids. Right. I mean, you had to get downtown with the Paramount to then to where we're sitting today. How did that all happen? Because it sounds like you'd be busy enough running back and forth to all the ballrooms and then he selling this on top of it. He was very busy. And it started, we lived on the farm there east of Marion, and he actually wanted a camper, and there were no camper places around to buy one from, and that's when he got a hold of the Dreamer camper line. He had to buy three of them to get the one that he wanted, so he got the one that he wanted plus two others, and we sat them out along the highway, and they sat there a while. People really didn't know what they were, but they'd stop in and look <laughs> at them, and, and he, he just started selling them. He had to... You know, we, we just all jumped in and started selling them. And then as that grew, the band, he started slowing the band down. And we put more emphasis on the campers. And it was just the lifestyle and the, the direction that we all really loved. That's when we built the dealership in Marion. Mm -hmm. And we were there quite a few years. And then it was 15 years ago that we built this one here in Hiawatha and moved over here. So it grew a lot mm -hmm. in that time. 58 years worth. Wow. Yeah. And it all started by somebody wanted to go camping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just mm -hmm. wanted to go camping. Oh my gosh. Who was the best family? So you said you and your brothers sold. Who was, who was the best one? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to name specific names, but if you want to, by all means. Well, we all had the passion for it. We all, we all <laughs> right. did. All right, all right. I truly, truly loved it. it it's been my life. Mm -hmm. We've enjoyed watching people have fun. And just as with our family now, with Jeremy and Holly and Tricia and my wife Debbie, we did a lot of camping when they were younger. We always ended up out in the Black Hills quite a bit. A that lot. Was a we lot. We went. That's where we went. That was Black, our favorite Black place. Hills. Or there's times we didn't even know where we were going. Where no. we were going. No. We just hop in and go. Yeah. I remember the one Christmas we decided, okay, let's load up. We had no clue where we were going. Hmm. We got down to the interstate, and I said to Debbie, I said, we going right or left? She said, left. So we went left, mm -hmm. and we just took off. And you were Those still were... wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's how it goes. That's more true than you think. <laughs> Two unmarried guys know that for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Somebody was in the back of the motorhome knows that that was probably <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, tell me about... The sewage, the great oh, Florida geez. sewage spill. Yeah, let's go. Let's, I want to know about let's, that. Let's no, crack I that think, nut. Let's talk more about South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great place to go. <laughs> it sounds like Jeremy's going to have to enlighten us. There's, <laughs> there's some stories better left around the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Not, I mean, not <laughs> physically left there. We didn't intend for that to happen. <laughs> Oh, was, was it like that? I, I won't press any further, but was it like that scene with Robin Williams? It was, and it was close. Okay. Just, I don't think it had the velocity that it did <laughs> in the movie, but it was it was close. 
And, oh. you know, for even professionals have off days, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just knows everybody's human. That's right, the best exactly. part. Yeah. South Dakota, Gary. Um, <laughs> taking a cue from the guy whose name is on the building. Um, the Black Hills. Well, you and I, we've talked. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, we got some pictures uh, from somebody uh, that they went to Alaska. Yeah. Remember, they, you showed me the pictures. I, and I love seeing that. The scenery's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many places in this country, but we have a lot of people that go to Alaska. They take their campers, and they'll take off for a couple months in the summertime, and unbelievable scenery and when they get back they bring in their pictures and of course we talk about their trip and it seems like nine times out of ten they all go back again Mm -hmm. there's so much to see up there and they feel comfortable going that far and they're ready to go again what's the furthest you've gone oh the furthest we went uh, a year ago last summer we did go to Yellowstone and that's probably well and we've gone to Florida Mm -hmm. we've gone other places too but as far as going west Yellowstone has been our farthest and that's a great trip we love that that's a great family vacation then last summer we took Jeremy and his wife but we took the grandkids first and went out to Wyoming and that was great you take a five and an eight-year-old with you Mm -hmm. it's Cheetoville all the way boy (laughs) our truck was full of Cheetos we had a great time still probably in there there, I cleaned some out the other I washed the truck the other day there were still Cheetos under the seat and the french fries you just count on the french fries showing up (laughs) who could ask for anything more we had a great time it was fun so you're sitting around the camp campfire Gary and uh and what is cooking in your camper or what is cooking at the campground what 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 are you what are you eating I, this is a question I've never asked you what are you eating at the campground that's interesting because before we take off we usually we take our own meat with us we'll stop at the mm-hmm. store we'll get it out of our freezer and at night I love to we'll have a fire going and I love to throw a steak on or a mm-hmm. good burger one of those two at night, and we love potatoes. We'll slice up potatoes, and we've got an iron skillet, and we'll slice up potatoes and onions and butter and cook that over the fire. Oh. And that is good eating. That is. That's as good as it gets. It's better than the uh, liver I tried cooking out west over the fire. It didn't pan out. It did not pan out. <laughs> well, if it's well. anything like your coffee, I'm sure it had a flavor of its own. <laughs> all right, let's go down this avenue real okay, quick. I w- all okay. Right, all right, all right. Gary, what do you think about <laughs> you know, the uh, social no, aspect uh, of coffee? Before we even get there, you know, I just uh, want to point out, he planted this seed earlier today. Uh, before he even knew he was going to be our guest, he wanted the controversy between you and I to happen. It's bound to happen because uh, here's the deal. Uh, do you think, and this is, you know, you don't have to go on the record here. We can always get rid of this piece, but we won't. Uh, do you think that Keurigs have ruined the social aspect of coffee? I think you're going to have to probably define Keurig. I know what it is. We, okay. Yep. <laughs> We've got one at home. Oh! Oh! Yeah, we got one. This is not going to go the direction I thought actually, it would. We were never big coffee drinkers, but she felt she had to have one. So she bought this Keurig thing, and she bought all 85 flavors of coffee. <laughs> so every night now she fires this thing up, and she brings me this cup, cup of coffee to try and Usually after I burnt my lips good and she wonders See? how it is, I'll say, it was really good. <laughs> See, I, I just feel that the Keurig has ruined the social aspect. Well, of and we shouldn't center, okay, we shouldn't say, oh, this, like, the the pod coffee maker. 
because there's more than just yeah, yeah, we don't want right, to right. we don't want to yeah, pick on them. Isolate but them. I put it this way: the single cup coffee maker, okay. coffee coffee maker. The, it's the single K-cup. cup. Yeah, by yourself. You're drinking a cup of coffee by yourself. We do when we do do our get-togethers like this. We do it around the Jeremy's coffee pot. Mm-hmm. And that's why our logo is a coffee pot, because it's the coffee pot on the camper. So right now in the middle of all of us is this camper that not only maybe 23 minutes ago was made on the stove. But my, one of my first days here, I said, oh, I love Keurig. You know? yeah. And I have not lived it down since. Yeah. In fact, there is a list in my office of grievances against uh, Justin, and one of them is Keurig. It's Keurig. I don't so. doubt it. But I'll have to tell you, she, my wife likes the cough, the Keurig thing so well. She also bought one for the camper. Oh, so oh, now see we that have changes one for things. In the camper too. See, you're, see you're, now, now you're I'm, regretting bringing that up. I am. Now, Notice how quickly we're going to go. yeah, we're so going to back run. on track about South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, we, I feel like we need to. Anytime it, it goes in the wrong direction, we need to bring it back to South Dakota. <laughs> but but I'm looking at your coffee pot here, and it does remind me. I helped a gentleman and his wife move items from their camper to their new one one time and i was helping them move things over and they started handing out coffee pots they had nine different coffee pots in that camper really? oh, wow so there are people like you that like a lot of coffee too no yeah but theirs looked a little better than yours <laughs> well i didn't even know you this, know the, the, the kian's like oh you have to brew pot be, you know brew the coffee pot because everybody comes and visits but, you know, single serve is great. Now, this, we're going to get probably, what, three or four pulls out of this coffee pot that we have here. It's quite yeah. the deal. You we're, could probably pour water in it and mix up a few more. True. I'm sure. Just with what's left on the bottom. None of us are going to sleep for the next day and a half because of the coffee that's brewed in this thing. But this ties back into, you know, around the campfire. You know, you've got the coffee. You were talking about food. And, and it's become not only, like, a popular thing, but almost like a pop culture sort of thing where, I mean, we've got cookbooks here. You watch TV shows where it's like, you know, two ingredient, three ingredient meal. And then this is kind of where it all started was around the campfire and events like this. all around the campfire. Mm -hmm. Every night the campfire is a big deal. We all sit around the campfire. And it's interesting because there's a guitar involved. And I'll go back to when we'd take a group of people like to the Black Hills with us. We'd Mm -hmm. take these trips and we'd have 30-some rigs go with us. But every night around the campfire, the guitar would play, mm-hmm. and every, we'd all gather around, and we'd have a sing-along for quite a while. It, it amazed me the number of people that knew all the words to American Pie when we'd sing. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a generation thing. Mm-hmm. But the socialization all happens, happens around the campfire, and it's fun. It's just even if you don't know the people next to you, they'll still end up at your campfire mm-hmm. or you'll end up at theirs. And I'll, we've made lifetime friends sitting around the campfire, right. people that we just met that night. Right. That's the fun of it right there. And in multiple states, you've you've got friends all over the country. All over. You visit with people in South Dakota pretty regularly. Yep. We used to have some friends in Florida, same way, that camped next to us. Till the sewer thing, but, that's <laughs> nice, but, but no, we've met I a lot of I wonder if that nice was the road we were going down no, there for a minute. No, a lot of nice, a lot of nice friends, a lot of good friends. We've heard that when Gene Bailey was with us a few weeks ago. You know, it said where you know, and your grandparents now, you and your wife mm-hmm. Debbie, your grandparents, and yeah. you know, when you go camping, you there, everybody kind of becomes your grandparent for the most part. You're right. you're the grandparents for your own kids. And then, you know, there's others that kind of come to you and rely on that sort of, too. It just organically happens, it seems like. It does. It does. They just, they just come. But 
camping with the grandkids, it is fun. It's just a whole different realm, and we'd hit every trinket and novelty store like going to Wyoming last summer. <laughs> we had the Woody from Toy Story mm-hmm. cowboy hats. We had the pop guns, and, boy, we were ready for the Wild West. There's we a, had a great time. There's a training process that has to start all over again once they get back from a trip with the grandparents mm-hmm. as well, too, from a parent's standpoint. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Buy Cheetos. <laughs> We got to change their diet when they get home. That's a whole other conversation we could have is like grandparenting one-on-one with camping. Yeah. Well, that's true, but we knew traveling down the interstate that those rest areas, that they were put in there just for us because the five-year-old and myself, we were on the same potty break schedule, and they put those in the right spots. <laughs> that's Never mind. I was <laughs> And the notes below will leave that schedule so you know where to exactly, find it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so. visit, visit the website. You can print out your own and everything. Yeah. You know, you this has been going on, you know, for, you know, you, you first started with your dad and then with right. your kids and the grandkids. What's it like to be able to pass it down multiple generations? It's awesome. And that's the one thing that excites me the most. It's, it's nice seeing the transition. It's nice where Debbie and I now have some time where we can get away more not worry about things because Jeremy and Trisha and Holly help and Kean and Justin and everybody here, everybody pitches in and takes right over. They do a great job and it's nice to know that you can leave and relax and have a great trip and it's great seeing the family involved. In fact, I can enlighten you a little bit further. We were at Wall Drug and I was standing in line to get the ice water and the donut (laughs) (laughs) and there was a, a young family ahead of me. And the guy was up paying his bill, and he said, you know, he said, my parents brought me here when I was seven years old. And he said to the lady at the cashier, he says, now I'm bringing my son and our family here, and he's seven years old. Mm-hmm. I that's thought, cool. that's pretty cool. You had a pretty cool experience, kind of story with that, like that uh, at uh, the restaurant up the road, didn't you? Uh, there's a kid kid that you'd taken camping on one of your Black Hills trips oh, yeah. years ago. Years ago. That, that, he was real young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he came over and, and said, hey, remember me? And I said, well, sure. <laughs> he'd grown up a bit. He'd grown yeah. up about four foot, but mm-hmm. heck, yes. In 20 years. And he still talked. He said, you know, that's the best trip we ever took was going with the group, going with you guys. And it's just nice having those memories. Yeah, you know, you've, you've talked about, uh, you know, South Dakota and, and Wyoming and, and Florida, but bring it back here to Iowa because, you know, in, in coming get-togethers, we're going to talk about things around the state and we're going to talk about, you know, Northwest Iowa, Northeast Iowa, but you have traveled through so much of Iowa with the camper. What, what are some things that people might even take for granted around, you know, the 99 counties we call our neighbor? Well, the biggest things that people take for granted or don't even know about is Northeast Iowa. There's so many nice county parks up there that you can go, well, even like Yellow River Forest, um, but county parks, you know, throughout northeast Iowa that are just beautiful. And I don't know if people even think about them. (laughs) And even around here in Lynn County, there's like Buffalo Creek Campground. I know you guys will talk about this in a later podcast, Mm -hmm. but so many beautiful places to go that aren't that far away that are within an hour's drive away from home. Makes it real easy for a weekend just to slip away and... Mm -hmm. Get that fire going and brew the coffee. Yeah. Brew the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Whether putting it on a stove or hitting a button. It works that's, either way. That's to be debated. <laughs> Northeast Iowa. Um, this is where I grew up. And 
there. I mean, Volga, I think of right, that. Right. I, you know, you can go up to a Decora, um, some other spots. Like what, what's what's Gary Kettleson's? Here's my list. Not just Northeast Iowa, but but around the entire state. If you were to pick four spots, where would you go? Bellevue. We love Bellevue camping up on the Mississippi. We've been to Yellow River a few times. We went to Yellow mm-hmm. River. That's beautiful. That's probably the prettiest area in Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's primitive. Mm-hmm. There's it's a little primitive. planning there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how about Winterset? The, Win- Winterset is fantastic. And yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, <coughs> when you first said, well, let's go to Winterset, I, I, I wasn't that right. excited. Mm-hmm. But once, once you've experienced it, it's quite the deal. It is. And the, the City Park campground there is beautiful. And the John Wayne Museum mm-hmm. and the bridges of Madison County. Yeah, I would have to say that that would definitely be one of my top places to go. Don't you think it's yours? Uh, uh, one of one of my top favorites. And you don't think of it as being as beautiful as it is, um, especially for Western Iowa. When I think Western Iowa, I don't think those those river valleys or mm-hmm. that those rolling hills. It reminds you a lot of the northeast side of it does. Iowa. There's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I enjoy and the history. There's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll, Jeremy, being being that uh, you are one of the kids that <laughs> that would have been would have been on one of those random campouts that that uh, that Gary and Debbie were having. What were your you know as you look back on those campouts? What were the memories you took away from those? Um, you know, uh, other than sewage and. Um, <laughs> That, you know, that's a great question. Uh, it's it's there's there's many parts of it. The 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 mad dash of three children getting organized to go on a trip is is quite <laughs> the event in itself. Uh, and that and and the the excitement of of travel itself. So not only the destination but the travel. Because I know that we 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 went to Colorado a lot um, skiing and to florida several times and the black hills every year mm-hmm. for years and years and years and it was that it was the journey i remember mm-hmm. you know the, the the stops the random stops and my mother's pretty good at a random stop she she likes to research and read and so she'd open up the books and say we need to go here and mm-hmm. next thing you know the the rig was headed somewhere where we didn't <laughs> think we were going um so those are the memories and then this would be different for the today's generation, but the map itself mm-hmm. and trying to understand. And I, and I would challenge anybody, even with the technology we have, open up an old paper map. There is some, there is some something to be. There's there's some romance that comes mm-hmm. out of those mm-hmm. silly things. Um, and uh, and it, the Black Hills left large impact. You know, I'm taking my children there. Um, Florida left me scarred. Have not been there yet. <laughs> Imagine how Florida yeah. felt from what it sounds like. But how about the Badlands with your dog? The Badlands with the dog. I about lost a dog in the Badlands. <laughs> and uh, we spent a day at the veterinarian due to it. But <laughs> well, I'll save you the graphic details. But um, you know, there's a lot of those. Sometimes, sometimes the spontaneous and the hurdles that you jump along the way were the most memorable part of these trips Mm -hmm. the things that went actually right it's kind of kind of boring yeah Yeah, it it was those uh uh-oh we got we got to have a little adventure you got to have a little adventure Mm -hmm. and that's part of the romance right i mean we got to meet the vet 
in yeah. Wall, South Dakota. <laughs> it was nice, nice vet. Nice guy. Yeah. His wife was a one-room school teacher. Up wow. North of Wall. Now, see, you they, wouldn't know that. No. No. Until the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's things like that that we remember, and it was fun. We always had a, it was always a great time. Yep. You know, we'd scurry to get ready to get gone, and it seems like once you got on the road, it's like, we can relax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like this mass scurry, and then once the door shut and the engine started up. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was, it was the complete opposite. And I remember, I remember those feelings of, oh my gosh, mom herding three young kids, mm-hmm. and we're all fighting every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then once we get in the motor, the, the the camper, we or the rig, it's it becomes all right. We're, we're we're together now. How much of heads up would you would would they would you say? Hey, we're gonna go camp, and everybody grab your stuff. Or hey, coming up in two weeks, don't forget we're gonna go. No, it How'd wasn't. That work? The, I, it wasn't the two weeks deal, <laughs> but it's. I think that maybe on our maybe there was a two week mm-hmm. plan, but from a child's perspective. <laughs> Okay, I got to tell this one. All right, kids were real little. Buckle up, everyone. I worked all the time. Mm-hmm. I was a workaholic. And the one day, Debbie came to work and she said, The kids and I are going on vacation. We're leaving in two hours. If you want to come along, you better get home and get your clothes. We're leaving in two hours. And I kind of thought, You know, I guess I better go home and pack. We're going on vacation. <laughs> and I think that was the first time us as a family went to the Black Hills. And I threw things in, and it was like, oh, man, I'm so glad she did that. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad she said that because that was a great trip. And the great, it, start, it was a great start to years to come. Yeah, right. We went there many times. It started a tradition almost. It did. But you have to make the decision to do something different. You do. Yeah. And it's she's, just a matter. And she's very good at making us feel uncomfortable. So yeah, she's, she's very good. Also, also very good at making decisions. She's uh, see, now we have to have her on for a rebuttal at some point. She's know. very good at making decisions. <laughs> and we love her for that because it forces us to go on an adventure. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It does. What, you know, we, we are all, Kian and I just had a conversation earlier today, actually, talked about, you know, when we were younger, you know, every week we'd go do something with, you know, people we were in college with. And then it becomes every month. And then years go by. And suddenly, oh, remember when we used to do this stuff. And we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. What advice, Gary, do you have? Being in your 40s now. Being in yes. your 40s, barely <laughs> right. 50s. Um, <laughs> what advice do you have for people, you know, who are like, oh, I, I can't go do that. I don't have the time. Or my kids are so busy, we can't we can't just dream of taking that time away and going and doing something different like that. My advice is shame on you if you don't do it, mm-hmm. because your kids are only young once. And I will say, I had a little regret. Debbie and I went to Yellowstone last year, and that's one trip that we made, but we had never taken our kids there. And that's the one thing I told right. Debbie when we were there. I said, you know, I feel real guilty that we didn't take our kids to Yellowstone when they were little. Now we went to the the Black Hills, mm-hmm. and but I would tell people, go, get out and go. If you don't have a camper, you don't need a big one. Just get something small, but you need to experience the lifestyle. It is a memory that you'll keep forever. Just do it. The, the romance of travel. Oh, it mm-hmm. is. Just it's a lot of times not knowing what's ahead. And the the adventures, from what I from my experience, happen unintentionally. The experience happens between point A and point B. It happens somewhere there in the middle. It's mm-hmm. those little museums that we'd, that we'd stop in. Right. Here's a little historical museum in some little tiny town. 
So we'd pop in there, and it's like, wow, we were so glad we stopped. And then we'd make a friend, and then we'd end up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then it was just this, this snowball effect of adventure. Mm-hmm. But without actually committing to it, you're not going to experience it. No. And shame on you if you don't, because it's a lifestyle to be had, and you'll remember it forever. What's oh sorry go ahead Ken oh no I was I was gonna go in a different direction go ahead so go ahead I was I was going in the direction of nowadays what you what you what you find is that uh, you you talk about that in between and in that in between now uh, a lot of people have their face stuck in their phone if they're not driving of course what I mean. What do you? How do you? How do you get around that now? Is there a way to, or do you make that part of the experience? How do, and, and I know we're going towards more of a technological side. But. We are, and I know that the younger people do make it part of their mm-hmm. experience because that's their roadmap. Yeah, that's where they book their campgrounds. That's where they book their stops. If I had my choice, I would leave it at home and get the old road atlas out and say. Here we go. Mm-hmm. But it is a vital part. We have to install CB radios in our truck before we go now. <laughs> Still have to have that. There's walkie-talkies and everything. Well, and I was going to ask, to Kean's point, what's the future of, you know, camping? Or it, does it change at all? I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing as what it was other than more amenities that you talked about. Is there something big on the future? Well, there's always more amenities with electronics. There's always more but you don't have to have more. Uh There's still beautiful campgrounds that are primitive that you can go camp in and enjoy the lake, enjoy the mountains, enjoy the scenery, sit by the fire. You can make it what you want it to be. But as far as what's coming down the pike in the future, we're seeing it right now in all these new ones with all the the electronics, the auto level, you know, you name it, it's got it. So... You can make it as easy as you want to, or you can rough it if you want to. But the main thing is is to get out there and experience it. But Kean, you can probably address more of the new features better than I can. Uh, yeah, I, I probably can. I, people call me a little bit old for my age. You know? <laughs> people call me my mindset a little bit old. I actually you know, I lean more toward the side of leaving the phone at home um, and doing that. But uh, um, Speaking of technology... It reminded me of a trip in 1999, for those who don't don't recall what happened between 1999 and 2000, but the Y2K scare, there's a lot of people going to be listening to this that don't even That's understand right. Y2K. Yeah, they won't know what it was. Well, they don't even, won't even know what it was. Yeah, curious about those people, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Ken's giving us a look. Yeah. But, uh, and, and the decision was made. If, if the world's going to crash, we're going to be camping while we crash. Mm-hmm. So we loaded up. We and, did? Yep. We made sure we had a full tank of gas before that <laughs> night. <laughs> we stayed at Tiger Run in Brackenridge, Colorado. Yep. And we braced for the big Y2K mm-hmm. in the motorhome. Yep. We had it full of food and yep. everything we needed. And we thought, well, if something's going to happen, we might as well be here. <laughs> in the camper. And we the went. Camper. Somewhere different. Yep. It was beautiful camping. It was 20 below zero at night, but it was up to... 15 during the day. Yeah. So technology <laughs> potentially could have crashed, and we were camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it did not matter. No. And we were camping in a blizzard. Yeah, we did. And, and it was a great time. And you were together. Time. We were. Yep. We were together. Even had the dog with us. Yep. Muggsy was in there. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't leave the dog at home. No. I mean. Muggsy made a lot of trips. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. she did. She did make that many friends. <laughs> she was kind of a growly one. And the problem with Bugsy, these kids would sleep through the night and not get up to take her outside. So we always had little presents, presents to clean up. <laughs> but you got to know every vet in uh, every state. We knew the vets. <laughs> we got to speak with a lot of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, your dog got into your. <laughs> yeah, Jack Russell Terrier and three young kids. A lot of energy there. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was fun. Anything you you haven't you haven't gone to or you haven't been that you still I mean this still on the list. I want in the next couple of years get to it. You know, it seems like when you go to an area, you kind of get your feet wet with that area. Then you want to go back mm-hmm. and you want to see more of it. Um, I went to Yellowstone as a kid. We went to Yellowstone, you know, recently here, and it's like, wow, there's so much of that that we haven't seen. We need to get back out there. But last summer's trip to the Snowy Range. Southern Wyoming. South. Oh, boy. That was East. beautiful. And no crowds. Mm-mm. We stayed at this rustic campground that had 10 RV sites, and there was, what, four of us? We had four units that went. Yep. And it was right on the Laramie River. Just beautiful. I could go back there again and sightsee and see sights that we didn't see when we were there. We hiked. We hiked up in the snowies. It was just beautiful. So that's a trip that I'd like to make again. We did hit the Cheyenne Rodeo, too. That was, that's, that's a fantastic rodeo. If anybody interested in rodeo or Western culture, a lot, a lot, a lot of Western culture mm-hmm. in that, that Cheyenne Frontier days and for a, a Western-themed family like we are, that's a highlight for us. And and for my young boy, he's he's rodeo crazy, so he's he's all in when we're there. So. Oh, that's, that's a, cool. It's a great trip to make, and, and lots of nice camping, good camping out there. So do you get two two shoe boxes now when you go camping? No, to, to keep your stuff. Debbie in? still makes me just take one <laughs> one shoe box. She gets all the rest of the storage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> One shoebox. Yep. You've got a button for that. I, I, yeah. I should have. I hit the one button. I should have hit the other button. The lead button pusher. What are you doing? I know. I forgot where the buttons were. Well. <laughs> I was so enamored, I forgot what four, five, and six did. <laughs> well, thanks for, for popping. I mean, this is yeah. to be able, Did you ever think, you know, when I started this years later, I'm going to be doing a, a podcast from my building about camping and, and lifestyle? With Justin Roberts? Yeah. Never thought of that. No, <laughs> and for that I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you.